Hey everybody, it's Seth. We have our first sponsor today, and it's a fantastic gentleman named Alex Hillman. Good friend of mine. He released a book earlier this fall called The Tiny MBA. A hundred very short lessons about the long game of business. It's all about business and sales and why people buy money and success, branding and marketing, professional decision making, investments, dealing with your clients. And for those who don't know Alex, he started Indie Hall. I think it's one of the first, or if not the first, co-working spaces in Philly, as well as in the nation, if not the world. This book is fantastic. It is 107 pages full of great knowledge. You can get through it in a half an hour, but you're going to want to go back again and again. You can pick this up at socl.bz slash tinymba. That's socl.bz slash tinymba. I can't put it down. You won't be able to either. Check it out. socl.bz slash tinymba. Thanks, guys, and thanks, Alex, for sponsoring the show. Listen to the Digital Marketing Dive Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to the second season of the Digital Marketing Dive, episode 13. I'm Seth with Goldstein Media. With me is always the amazing, illustrious, ooh, illustrious. Shen, oh, I, I pulled up the big essay towards today. That's a new one, illustrious. Shannon McGill of Diane Business Consulting. Shannon, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Thanks, Seth. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. And I'm really excited. I've known Mark Schaefer, who's our guest today, probably for at least five years through social media, LinkedIn. I've read most of his books because I'm he writes really well. And they're business books that aren't, they're very readable, which I appreciate. A lot of these they're approachable readable and they're fun to read they don't read like a stuffy pr- pr- professorial book it's, it's written because you can tell he loves what he does to love That's so perfect. mark actually let's do it this way how if you introduce us and tell us who you are and why we should care because i know why i care oh good question Ooh. why should we care exactly oh that's a new one Ah. Uh, why should you care? Well, uh, I tell the truth. You do. I, I, I think myself. I do. I'm unafraid to talk about what's real. I add my own narrative. I add my own story. And certainly, Seth, you you've read my new book, and you can mm-hmm. you could test testify firsthand that I've been able to do that. Your narratives are fantastic. In yeah. So I think like you should care because I, I have a good track record of seeing how trends come together and Absolutely. see where we need to be. And I try to tell the truth about it in an entertaining way. So there, that's how I think that's why you should care. I think everyone should can. Everyone should go pick up, out this book. This book is fantastic. It's a quick read, but you're going to reread chapters. I'm warning you right now. I've read, reread probably every single chapter at least twice because you feel like you got the gist, but there's more there. So you go mm. back and you go back and you read it again slower because there's there's just so much information in there. And this book 
but then Marking Rebellion, your book previous to this one, I, I think I read it in possibly three days. These are not short books, mind you. These are Marking Rebellion is a vast book. <laughs> it's a vast book, and it's due for a reread right now. But I'm yeah. rereading Known, your book Known right now. You're the author of nine books, and they're and the, I'm gonna have links in the show notes so people can see all of them. And you also went head to head in this book with Tim Ferriss. I, I, I love that. I was like, you you picked you picked the target and you went for it, and I love it. So you have to read the book to figure this one out. But it's it's really a great book. So what is the cumulative advantage? Enlighten us a little bit here. Well, just let, let me take one step a little bit higher than that to, to, to that, absolutely why it's relevant. Yeah, why is it relevant? So I I, I think. If I I could, everyone listening and viewing, I can save you a lot of time and money tonight by telling you the theme of every marketing book written for the last 10 years and that will be written for the next 10 years, whether it's social media, content, or SEO, whatever you read, here's what everybody wants to find out. How can we be heard? That's what Absolutely. we, that's the only thing that we care about right now. And it's getting harder and harder and harder every day. And I don't even have to repeat why, because people know it, they see it, they feel it, they're struggling. And here is the problem that content, social media presence, personal branding, it's not a novelty anymore. Everybody is getting great. We're competing against great and this is this i think is the next struggle that great is not enough because mm -hmm. everybody's great so if you look at the trajectory of my career that's basically what i've been trying to figure out how do we stand out how do we come, become the signal against this noise so and it's a lot of noise it's a, it's a, it's yeah. yeah it's a lot of noise whether you're writing or podcasting or whatever instagram so the rabbit hole I went down is this idea of momentum. How do we build momentum? So let's say you're working as hard as you can. You're doing great work. And you're, and, and you're not getting to that next level. What are your options? How do people get to that next level? So I went back to 1968. And research yeah, that started 50 years ago by very famous sociologist named Robert Merton. No one's ever heard of him because no one can name any famous sociologist, quite frankly. <laughs> and, yeah. So, uh, and he wrote a very well-known paper back then called The Matthew Effect. And it's such an interesting story. It's one of my favorite stories in the book because when Robert was a little boy, he, he was an immigrant and he lived in the slums of South Philadelphia and he was so poor he had to, he, he could only go to school some of the time, but wow. he had to work to make money to keep his family alive. And even when he was five years old, he would walk in the evenings to the Carnegie Library in Philadelphia. He'd walk from the slums and now he would be pa passing these big mansions and he'd be wondering, these, the people who are rich, they just keep getting richer and look at us, we're destined to be poor. Mm -hmm. Well, Against all odds, he got a scholarship to Temple University. Against all odds, he got a scholarship to Harvard University, got a PhD, became a professor at Columbia University. And while he's there, 
his students are saying, it's not fair. We do all the work and these tenured professors, they take all the credit. They write the papers. They get fame. They get more money. They get more resources. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And she, he said, I know, but how can I prove it? So he did this study of Nobel Prize winners. And this started this research that became known as cumulative advantage. And the, and the idea is if you get some small advantage mm -hmm. over your competitors, it can continue to build and build and build. And the gap between you and your competitors will never close. Now, this is not just a money thing. It mm -hmm. could be any sort of advantage. And it's been proven through research in sports, in education, in health, in entertainment, in technology, in mm -hmm. business. So, but the, here's the, the interesting thing and the challenging thing for me, this research has never been applied in a practical way to our own lives and our own businesses. And mm -hmm. we need to know this. We need, because there's a pattern to building momentum. And Seth, I'd be interested to know your view of this because other people who have read this book are saying, I will never see this, the world the same way again, because I can see this pattern that you talk oh, totally. Yeah. When so I, just stop you a second. Why do you think that that pattern has never been applied to something as, as monumental as marketing? Uh, well, it took a lot of digging. It, it took, okay. you would not believe what I went through <laughs> to figure this stuff out. But I'll tell you one quick story. So here's what tantalized me is that Robert Merton, he did all this research and he said that this momentum will go on and on and on unless there are countervailing processes. If we, if we have countervailing processes, then we can find a way to build momentum for the poor. But he didn't tell us what they were. Oh no. <laughs> his, son, his son is alive. He teaches at MIT, and guess what? You'll never believe this. Seth will believe this because he read the book. His son won a Nobel Prize in economics. He's at MIT. So I called him up. I said, I'm doing a book about your dad. And he taunts us. He said that the sure. key are these countervailing processes. I can't find them. I've read and read and read, and I've listened to his speeches. I can't find them. He said, well... I'm not the person you need to be talking to. You need to be talking to his, my stepmother, his wife, who was his researcher on the Nobel Prize project. She's still alive and she's still teaching at Columbia University. So I exchanged, wow. I exchanged messages with her. She sent me unpublished papers. Oh, wow. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, to help unlock this thing for me. Sure. And that's so I started, awesome. I started putting together pieces. I did original research. I did secondary research. And then this pattern sort of unveiled itself. That's awesome. And, and I think once you see it, it just makes perfect sense. It does. It makes perfect sense. But it's just like so, one of the people, somebody left a review or maybe they just posted on Facebook and they said, this book is an aha moment on steroids. Because oh, I love that. That's a good quote. It's a good quote because it's it, it's like you go, oh wow, of course it all makes sense, and now I see the pattern. 
Oh my gosh, Mark, you got me so excited. Good. That was my job. That's how you sell books and make people excited. Yeah. But these, but these books, you have like the cumulative advantage, marketing rebellion, known, the content code, social media explained, the tale of Twitter, which you're prolific on Twitter, which I love because you, know, you can find Mark on Twitter and he's tweeting away. You know, he's sharing his knowledge and he's out there and I love it. Then return on influence is what you which, which is the book you mentioned in this book, and this yeah. is what you kind of went head to head with Tim Ferriss. Yeah, that, that kind of became my my uh, sort of a whimsical case study to have. Some I love fun. it. And it was a big risk, you know. It was a, I mean, first of all. Have you heard from Tim, by the way? I, I haven't. Oh. He hasn't I was, I was, returned my calls. Go figure. I've been, I, you should send, did you send him a book and say, you're in this book? Uh, No, because, see, this is really interesting. Yeah. Because remember the big conclusion to the book. Oh. Why does Tim Ferriss know Oprah and why I don't? And I the, love that. Yeah. And there was a reason that mm -hmm. basically when it came to the fifth step of momentum, I stepped away. I didn't want to go down. I didn't want to keep building momentum. I wanted to go a different way. Mm -hmm. Tim went for it. He kept going, 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 going. He did everything right. He built his momentum. He's an international media superstar. And guess what? His latest posts are basically saying, I need to step away. Mm -hmm. and he has. So basically, on I, I've been trying to get a hold of him because I, I think it would just be polite when I was writing the book. And the only thing he, he, he says on his website, if you want to contact me, send me a tweet. That's what it says. So I sent him a tweet. And it's funny because other people saw this tweet, me reaching out to him. And people said, Tim, you two are my favorite authors. You really need to connect with Mark. Never did. He's going to read. He's going to see the book. He's going to read the book eventually. And I think he's going to get a, a big smile on his face because I was. I was. It's, very, it's heartwarming. I, well, it, is. it is heartwarming. And I, I haven't said one word about Tim that he hasn't said himself in public. He's a very transparent guy. And I think I, I think he'll get a big smile on his face and say, <laughs> this book is a lot of fun. I mean, I just- And then that's exactly what this book is. I don't, I don't see how fun, he love it. It's a fun business book. Yeah. And that's kind did, of an oxymoron, you, but it's a fun you, one. Did you laugh? I enjoyed it. I chuckled, <laughs> I had some chuckles. I, yeah. I wouldn't say I didn't laugh out loud, like rolling on the floor. Uh, all right. That's the next book, Mark. I'm going to put a line in there. Did this make you laugh, Seth? In my book. <laughs> oh, that makes my day. <laughs> I'll never, I, will never oh, I definitely laughed at this book. There's definitely some parts in this book where that had me smiling. It was just like I'm crestfallen. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> We've let you down, Mark. Oh, but it's it, honestly, I, I'm a huge fan. The books are great. There are books that you pick them up. I mean, especially Marketing Rebellion came in the mail. And we were saying before the show started that I, I couldn't decide how I wanted to read that book. Literally, I bought the Kindle book. I'm like, this, I don't know. I bought the audio book. I'm like, I don't know. I bought the, the actual paperback. And I was like, all right, I'm stopping here because this is getting expensive. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to have to answer to my wife. My, and Meredith, to her, to her credit, is like, why would you buy three of the same book? I'm like, I couldn't decide how to read it. I got through the book and I loved every inch of it. I think yeah. I actually left the part, the paperback at my co-working space for other people to read because I figured I have three copies of this book. 
Options are always good. Options are good. But everybody, every everybody, even even cumulative advantage. I recommend everyone should get two copies. One is to read, and then one is an emergency copy if anything would happen to the first copy. Well, absolutely. It's like I, changing. I, we need two copies. You put this. Oh, you I, put it in the glass case. You crack the glass case in case of emergency. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But I mean, the books are they. You have an insight that I feel like a lot of people don't have when I read these books. I'm like, and yeah, there's a lot of research. Take it from a guy who was a history major in college. I get the idea of research, but there's only so much research. It's connecting the dots that you do that you do it you so must, well. You must have, well, then see, the history thing is interesting because the marketing rebellion, the first part was a history lesson. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of interesting history in the in cumulative advantage too. Mm-hmm. Starting with, you know, Merton and the Facebook thing. And yeah. So I, love, that, I, love, I love that part of it because it was like, oh, I didn't know about this guy. And I was actually a history major and an anthropology minor. So not quite sociology. Oh, it was more awesome. the Indiana Jones version of sociology. It's like called anthropology. But actually yeah. it was taught by a real world Indiana Jones. Came in with an Indiana Jones hat, a button up shirt and, you know, jeans and cowboy boots every day is class so i love it so yeah all right mark so diane works with small businesses that's what we do at my company right and so which book would you recommend my small business listeners out there start with i actually just had this conversation this afternoon i'm going to be doing a workshop in our community uh for small businesses and so i was meeting with the local chamber of commerce to decide what we wanted to do oh, nice and someone said recently, Mark, you don't really know what you've done, but known marketing rebellion and cumulative advantage, you've just written the curriculum for an entrepreneur. And so it's hard to really split it. My instinct would be probably marketing rebellion first, Okay. No, known second, Okay. And then cumulative advantage. Cumulative advantage really is sort of like known part two. So if you marketing rebellion, I think it blows up traditional ideas of marketing. And look, if you're a small business, you can't become an expert in marketing. You're wearing yeah. every hat. Yes. And so I think marketing rebellion will get you focused to say, all right, we got to stop all this other stuff that doesn't work. Here's what works in today's world. Boom. Now get focused. Now, a big part of that book is this idea that today the personal brand is the brand. We want to know who you are, especially mm -hmm. a small business owner. Absolutely. And the similarity between known and cumulative advantage is this pattern recognition where I go down this ridiculous rabbit hole for months and months of my life to figure mm -hmm. this out. And what I found is that people who are known in their field, many different fields all around the world, all did the same four things to become known. So marketing rebellion, how do we get on track? Known, how do I represent this company and this brand? And now how do we blow it out of the water? I love it. Too bad I didn't write them in order, but it, it is what hey, it is. You needed it Star Wars. Remember, look at Star Wars. Yes. 
I think I started in the middle for crying out loud. And there's the freak, there's the Mandalorian right there. There you go. <laughs> but, but let's take a quick break, real fast, and mention Shannon has a, an, a small business event coming up in Indianapolis. Uh, it's actually being moved to the last weekend in April because we're still having some concerns over COVID. And we, there's an in-person portion of this. And so we want to be careful and sensitive to that. Um, so it's the last Friday of April. And okay. we're bringing small business leaders together to talk over those things that plague small business owners. Um, we've got the mindset. I'm emceeing on mindset and small business. We have finances. We have operations. We have marketing and sales. And those are the things that just exactly like Mark said, is marketing, there's no way on any of those that a small business owner who is trying to do it all can be proficient and experts in all of that stuff. And so our goal is to get the right people in the right place for this day-long event where they can really pick their brain and learn what it is that they need, those nuggets to plant the seeds and really start to take off in their business. Small business owners get so bogged down with everything going on. And so our goal is just to get in front of them and, and help start to move them out of that, that place. And a good, good thing about that also is, is that it's going to be virtual as well for those people who are still Boy. kind of a little wary yeah. We wanted to give the option. People are getting really bogged down as far as the Zoom conferences and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we wanted to give the option of being in person. But when we reevaluated, this just actually happened last Friday. When we reevaluated, we decided giving it another month is certainly not going to hurt anything. Exactly. Yeah. And then speaking of COVID, this is a good segue. Check out our sponsors, Breezy Masks. With their Silver Nano protected masks. They have two, net, the exchange and the sport. One's five layers, one's two layers, and they're fantastic. Yep. The link is in the show notes. And now back to Mark. So, Mark, in the book, you talk about a little bit how the cumulative event, actually more how much of a go-getter you are, about how you got your first gig and how you were in West Virginia at, at school at the University of West Virginia. And they said, eh, we only let Ivy Leaguers in here. And you, you, yeah. took no, you didn't take no for an answer. You went up there and impressed them so much that got your start. Can you fill us in a little bit? I mean, as a synopsis of it, but like, like how did that start the, the whole, I guess, cumulative advantage for you? Well, I think one of the interesting points of the book and perhaps one of these aha moments that, that people have is that cumulative advantage, momentum, it always starts with this initial advantage. It's some little thing that gives you a gain, right? And here's what the research shows. It's almost always a random event. <clears throat> so almost every successful person, almost every successful business started with a random event. It could have been a conversation. It could have been just being in the right place at the right time. It could be going on a trip and seeing something new and thinking about how do I do this back home? There's a a well-known story I relate in the book about this track coach. He was a high school track coach. And back in the day, the high school athletes had to wear metal spikes, which seems like a toxic combination to me, metal spikes and teenagers. And so the coach is saying, boy, we got to do something better than metal spikes. So he's sitting in his kitchen and his wife is making waffles. She pulled this waffle out of the waffle iron. And without saying a word, he runs back to to the high school chemistry lab, gets some latex, comes back, pours it in the waffle iron, pulls off the latex and says, 
that can be the bottom of a shoe. And that's how Nike got started. Wow. That, 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 was that? that rusty old waffle iron is on display at Nike headquarters in a glass case like a museum piece. Well, it should be. That's it. It was a random, random thing that created this gigantic company. So, I mean, I think cumulative advantage is really the the sum of of these advantages. And what we realize eventually is that where we are right now in our lives, we're, we're surfing the crest of a wave that started a long time ago. You know, just growing up, number one, in America, in a house with two parents, you feel safe, you get to go to school. I mean, those are all things that, that start adding up even at a young age. And then think these random things happen. And they build and build and build and build and build. And now you're surfing this wave of momentum. And some of us are surfing a really gargantuan wave like Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. Some of us are surfing a blue collar wave. My, I come from a family of blue collar workers and plumbers. And some of us in society are not surfing a wave at all. They're being pulled down by the undertow. And so this book, I think, is really relevant for, for, for all of that. But I can point mm-hmm. to lots of little weird things in my life mm-hmm. that, I mean, uh, there, there's a story in the book about how I was sort of stuck in my marketing career with this Fortune 100 company in the early 1990s, and the internet was beginning. And I had ideas about how we might be able to use the internet for business purposes, which was a radical idea back mm-hmm. then. So I went to my boss and I asked him if I could get an AOL account and put it on the company expense account. And after much debate, he agreed to it. And I became the first employee of Alcoa on the internet. A few years later, this Fortune 100 global enterprise wakes up and says, we need to have an e-business department. Who shall we get to run it? Oh, you've been doing this longer than anybody else. I became the global director of e-business, had fantastic success. We were way ahead of our time. I didn't know it, but I was a digital marketing pioneer. Nobody else really knew it because it was all inside this thing. I created some of the first customer portals, you know, in history, really. We were creating customer portals in China and Russia and Venezuela. And then I started my own business and I can point to that conversation with my boss as the reason I'm with you here tonight. I got a question then. So cumulative advantage, do I guess what I'm hearing and taking from this are the people who put themselves out there and the people who ask questions and the people are the ones that are more likely to have those random events? Would Would you agree with that? So, yeah, I think the the key skill, if you had to have a skill, is to pursue curiosity. That is the key. Mm-hmm. There's a great quote in the book from an, a, an amazing entrepreneur named Raji Thomas. And he said, look, everybody has ideas. There are millions of good ideas. 
but it doesn't matter if you don't pursue it. It's a quest. The The difference is made in your conviction. And so it was the same with me. Uh, Seth mentioned sort of the journey I went on to, to fight my way into this company. My only option for an internship at that time was with a television station. If I hadn't fought my way in that direction, maybe you'd be watching me on the news tonight or something. It builds and builds and builds in different ways based on the doors that you open. On sometimes you have to sometimes you have to ask for the door to open. You have to force the door to open, but you you've got to pursue it and then once you pursue it the the time has to be right. I, there's this strategic process in the book I describe I call the seam which is a more up-to-date view, I think, of how strategy has to be developed today. It's not some 100-page document and a six-month study. It's a matter of speed and space and time. You know, you got to hit that seam when the opportunity opens. You got to go through that door as big as you can, as fast as you can, and ride it as long as you can. That's really strategy today. And you got to keep testing new seams. So, and then I talk about once you get that momentum going, by that time, you've got some momentum. You've got to find a way to build awareness. It might be the time to ask for help. Could be the fastest way to get you to that next level mm-hmm. by knowing the right people to say, can you introduce me to this person? Can so- you open up this door to me? And that's also the power all of us have not just to reach up and reach out, but to reach down, to send the elevator back down and help others because we mm-hmm. all have the power within us to create sparks of initial advantage that lead to momentum in, in other people. Mm-hmm. My call to action at the end of the book is to, is to just to demonstrate this power that we have, that I don't think we can count on governments or businesses or billions of dollars of spending to close the gap that we have in our society. Each of us has a role in that and it's doable. It's accessible to anyone. And I, I, I just hope people will think about that. It's a great message. It's a great book. I mean, like I said, it's approachable, which I think is one of the best things about your books is that because there's a lot of these business books that the, 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 the authors are all kind of all about themselves and you, and you're all about the reader about, sharing the knowledge and saying, hey, I know this, but let me share it with you. Let me tell you some great stories. Let me keep you engaged. Look, if I can get through, I mean, I I read three or four books at a time. I fairly, very rarely finish a book. Yeah. Because usually by towards the end, I get tired of the book. That's because most business books today are are 250 word or 250 page blog posts. A blog post is one good idea. And, yeah. and and most, it's like, it's unbelievable, really. Some of these books, it's one good idea and then 250 pages of fluff. There's value and inspiration on every single page in all of my books. Yeah, absolutely. I, and yeah. I agree. And, and, and they're worthwhile, so go pick them up. The link is in the show notes. How long of a space was it before you, since you started the first one through the time you got cumulative advantage? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh. Well, the the process for me has been, I've published a book pretty regularly every two years. Now, it's not a plan I have. I may never write another book. I don't know. Oh, God, please don't say that. 
but I what I don't what I don't know because you don't know exactly yeah because for me it's all in it's a family decision because there's so much sacrifice that goes into writing a book and my only goal for every book I write is it has to be better than the last one exactly. so it it literally it takes everything out of me mm-hmm. and it's not that long of a book but there's a lot of research that went in that book. Just the story I wrote about the Winklevoss twins, it's mm-hmm. maybe two or three pages. It took me four days to write that story. It took me three months to write the last chapter of the book. It was the hardest thing I've ever written, the last chapter of the book, because it took wow. a lot of it, it took a lot of courage because I could have really left myself open to a lot of criticism by sort of wading into uh, controversial waters. But I, I, there were things that I had to say about how this applies to society. And thankfully, mm-hmm. so far, at least, I've been rewarded mm-hmm. of that part of the book. So, I mean, I don't really, I, I've got to have the big idea. I've got to have, the runway has got to light up in front of me and say, yes, this is the path I'm going to go down. And it's, I don't have that right now, but. Well, you're recovering from reading this one. Let's, let's, let's rest in our little, yeah, little like, bit here. You got to book the pitch. You or... know, ask it Tom Brady after the Super Bowl. Well, <laughs> are you coming back? What's next? He said, let me just enjoy this one. I'm going to tell you that your passion and and the things that you're talking about, the authenticity and the strength and the courage, like that's right up my alley. I feel like the whole time I'm like, say more, say more. But we really appreciate you ha- having you on here and taking the time to sit down with us. Thank you. Oh, it's been a delight. Thank you Absolutely. so much for inviting me. Thanks so much. Yeah. So this is fun, Shan. This is fun, Mark. You know, reach out to us on social media, Digital Marketing Dive. Most places, digital marketing sometimes squish because of character limits on Twitter. So it's Digital Marketing Dive on Twitter. Check out the links in the show notes. And if you like the show, please go to the podcast directory of your choice. Leave us a review there. And did I say hello? You can always email us at hello at digitalmarketingdive.com. So thanks again, Mark. Thanks. Enjoyed it. Thanks for thanks for being such a great supporter of my books through the years, Seth. Anytime. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.